0: You know, how do you balance that piece of of being visible and projecting a positive image, but also, you know, dealing with the situations you need to deal with? That's real. That does happen. But it's uh, for me, it boils down to no matter what the situation, always treat people with dignity and respect, and looking through the lens of what do we want ultimately for our students, for our staff members, and our community.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work, and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Joining us on our show today is Randy Drost, district administrator serving the Rice Lake Area School District in Northwest Wisconsin. Randy is a Rice Lake native who began his career in education as a high school math teacher and wrestling coach and earned his Master of Science in Education from the University of Wisconsin-Superior in 2005. Randy has spent over 20 years in this school district serving as dean of students, assistant principal, and was the principal at Hilltop and Hoggan Elementary Schools from 2007 until 2016 when he was selected by the Board of Education to become the Superintendent of Rice Lake Area Schools, a district dedicated to providing the widest range of opportunity for every child. I'm so glad to have Randy on our show today and look forward to my time with him. Today, I welcome Randy Dross to our show today. Randy, it's so, so great to have you with us. Can't wait for this this episode.
0: Janet, I'm really, really pleased and, and frankly honored to be able to, to be on here on the show today with you. Really looking forward to our discussion and, and uh, just really excited about today. It's a bright spot in my day.
1: Sounds great. Um, mine as well. So um, I just, I really do love doing these interviews, Randy, because I learn a lot and get to know our leaders in a, in a whole different way. So let's start, if you would, just tell us a little bit about Rice Lake area, your community and, and the school district.
0: Yeah, you bet. Happy to. We're, we're located a couple hours uh, east of the Twin Cities and of Minneapolis and St. Paul. We're in at Rice Lakes in a beautiful area of Northwest Wisconsin. Uh, we've got a good mix of industry, agriculture, tourism, and for a community our size, and we're about 9,000 people. Not a huge community in itself, but we have a large regional draw from you know, about 150 mile stretch, you know, north and south and, and a significant distance east and west. We, we are the largest community. And so we have a really large uh, regional draw for uh, a number of things. As far as the school district itself, very proud to have the supportive uh, community we do. Our school district's about 2,225 students, so um, large for around here, but in the grand yeah. scheme of things, you know, in all of Wisconsin, not that large of a district. We have three elementary schools, uh, one middle school, one high school, and then one alternative learning center as well. And so provide a lot of opportunities for a district our size, everything from, you know, AP course offerings to extracurricular offerings for, for a district our size. We're, we're proud that we're able to provide a lot of opportunities for students. And for me, something that's a little bit unique, I was born and raised here. And so as we talk about uh, working in, in rural communities, that provides a different element uh, in and of itself. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But youngest of nine children raised on a dairy wow. farm. and. Uh, and went to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, where uh, met my lovely wife, Alicia, of 23 years. And uh, we have three children, a girl, a boy, and another girl, and the oldest of which attends UW-Eau Claire right now. And live on a hobby farm with horses and chickens and dogs and cats and a, a team of oxen, even, which has been a new Love but that That's a whole nother story.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know if you know, Randy. So I've, I've had an opportunity to, to live, you know, where I would, where I grew up as well in Pensacola. You know, just love the area. And um, I lived on a family farm. We had a 15-acre farm in an area that's North Pensacola, Beulah, that has now become the suburb. I, I don't live there anymore because it's it is one of the fastest growing areas in Pensacola. Navy Federal put the United States campus on the 4-H club property Mm -hmm. that happened to be Mm -hmm. in back of my farm (laughs) so you can imagine like the disruption so but anyway I have the I have some of the same experiences we'll have to share those stories sometime have had had cows and goats and all kind of fun my grandfather helped me learn a lot about just some family farming all for fun and all all for fun so tell me a little bit about you know what what are the bright spots for being a leader in a rural community randy
0: yeah, I, I think uh, one word I might use to, to summarize that is, is just connectedness and, and in a rural community, that connectedness to, you know, not only the, the school and the school district, but in the, the businesses and, and industry in town, uh, but that connectedness to the people as well. I, I, you know, we're a real community, we, we all know each other, and we know what's going on. And I appreciate being able to not only have a, a pulse on the school district, and, and how things are functioning there, but also to have a pulse on what's happening in our, our larger community as well. And, you know, as I said, we're kind of a we're a regional draw for, for a large area. And so that's, that's important to our community. And in terms of that pulse on the community, you know, being able to participate in a, in a number of things, like, you know, for instance, I belong to multiple uh, civic groups that are involved in, you know, they all have their different projects that they're involved in, obviously, uh, you know, involved with different events and happenings in the school district. And so I, I think that that connectedness with not only the school district, but the community at large and everything that takes place is is really a bright spot. And I love that. I really appreciate that. That's uh, resonates well for me. And that's really a bright spot.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, your community, just the idea that you are from there, the connection that they must have to you, you know, what a tremendous asset. And you talked about that everybody knows you know, everybody knows each other, right? I mean, you sue each other quite a bit, go probably to the same grocery store, run into each other, you know, in in those types of settings as well. And, you know, one thing, Randy, as leaders, we have to hold people accountable. You know, we have to sometimes make difficult decisions. And I know as I've worked with certain partners, one of the most difficult things they have to do is, is make a decision where they know that decision about a person, for example, is gonna gonna carry over into the community and you see people and interconnected. So how do you manage through those challenges and what systems and tools do you use to help you manage to that?
0: You bet. Thanks, uh, Janet. And yes, those those are those are, are challenges. Um, you know, and outside of you know legal pieces and laws and board of education policies, you know, there there are those aspects of it. Um, but I'm not going to focus on that. You know, it really boils down to you know what's best for our students, what's best for our staff, and and what's best for our community. And you know, it boils down to even on a personal level. I, I have children that have been in the district, or you know, are currently are in the district. You know, what experiences. Do I want for my own children, and therefore, what experiences do I want for all children? And no matter what the situation is, you know, it's something I pride myself on, and you know, call it good times and a bad, whatever, is always uh, treating people with dignity and respect. And you don't know me very well, um, we've talked a little bit, but you can probably surmise, you know, I'm a nice guy, you know, positive about our school, positive about our community. And that's frankly one of the things that I have worked with throughout my entire administrative career of almost 20 years of you know how do you balance that piece of of being visible and projecting a positive image but also you know dealing with the situations you need to deal with and you know those are the pieces you mentioned where they are um you see these people or they have relatives in the community that, that's real that does happen but it's uh, for me it boils down to no matter what the situation uh, always treat pig, people with dignity and respect and you know, looking through the lens of, you know, what do we want ultimately for our students, for our staff members, and our community. And, you know, you also mentioned the tools and and systems piece. One of the tools I, I look at is when I'm thinking about those situations as our continuous improvement plan, as I've worked with over time, you know, Melissa Matarazzo at first, and now Gail and and Casey to, to some extent as well at different times. But, you know, the first thing at the top of our continuous improvement plan is our mission statement. And then we have our four pillars underneath that. And looking at those, when I think about student success, when I think about our people, when I think about families and community, and then our fourth pillar is finances and resources, but really looking at our continuous improvement plan and saying, okay, are we we, you know, who are we here for? And that first pillar is student success. And so, in terms of you know, holding people accountable and working through those situations, you can't avoid them. And, and I would say, if you do avoid them in a, in a yeah. rural community, <laughs> it's yeah, going to yeah. be even more widely known. You <laughs> That's know what? I'm right, Randy. About. Yeah. You know, if you do avoid them, everyone's kind of looking at you then saying, uh, when are you going to deal with that? Yeah. And yeah. Looking, looking through the lens of what's best for students, staff and community and, you know, really looking to our, our mission and to a greater extent, our continuous improvement plan are what help keep me grounded in terms of, uh, you know, dealing with those uncomfortable topics at times.
1: Yeah. And I think that's great, Randy, and that plan you know, I'm sure that you very transparently communicate that so that people in the community and people internally know the direction and those decisions can be connected back to that. So I find that as a leader so helpful as well, you know, that really, I mean, really, really having the right focus like you do, you know, can be helpful there. So, you know, as we think about the continued connection, not only to you and people, but, you know, your district in and of itself is a big part of the community. I mean, it's it's in, in a small town, a school district is a big part of that, especially mm-hmm. I think high schools are, Randy, you know. So what makes that special in rural communities? I mean, how do you position that relevance of your district?
0: And uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, um, you know, in Rice Lake, we are you know, one of the largest employers, you know, basically what you were talking about. And in terms of of that positioning, you know, having a good understanding of the perspective and, and the role that you play in the community. And, you know, in a rural community, it's it's nice, you know, we have enough diversity here, but if, you know, I need something, I know who I can talk to or which business I can talk to about our needs or which civic group I can talk to about our needs. That's really important in in having that perspective and also having just a, a solid understanding of how people in the community and in you know, our businesses and, and our community members, how they view the school and the partnerships that they want to establish with the school, whether that's, you know, we work with, with one business in particular where we have students working on certain technical skills that are, you know, working for that business as well and having programs where students can transition right out of high school if they like to work for that business and so that's really important in terms of the entire community connection and knowing where the school district falls in terms of the larger community to to make the community more viable as well.
1: Yeah, really important and your again your connection and contributions and leadership extremely important to your community. Yeah. You know, I always like to end Randy with, you know, just Good leaders, great leaders sharing recommendations with other leaders and you know, kind of have it in terms of leading rural communities. But I think for you, too, I mean, just, you know, what are recommendations you have for just good leadership and what get, gets has gotten you to where you are and, you know, what what you and really process and internalize as a leader?
0: Yeah, I think one of the one of the pieces is um, I'm always reminded of of Jim Collins' book Good to Great, and really um, the need to have the right people on the bus. And in a rural community, your leaders are going to wear multiple hats. You know, me for instance, I'm our district safety coordinator. Um, I handle a significant amount of human relations, HR issues, or things like that. Uh, there's uh, PR expectations. I'm also you know build as an instructional leader and and supporter. And so you're going to wear a lot of different hats. And with that, you know, having the right people on the bus to to support you as as they're going to wear multiple hats as well. That's incredibly key. And, and to kind of go along with that, I'm also always reminded of Gail and I have had this conversation many times about uh, Stephen Covey's work. And in particular, you know, he's got a, a quadrant of a graph there where he has urgent on one side and important on the other. And it's, it's a, it's a, especially in my role where I wear a number of hats, you know, it's easy to get to the things that are important and urgent. It's easy to get the, to the things that are you know, urgent, but maybe not as important. What's difficult and which is a, a battle that I I fight on a regular basis is making sure you spend time on those things that are important or maybe not so urgent, but they are incredibly important. And yeah. that's, that's a, I think that's a difficulty that all leaders have, but that's a difficulty that, especially in a rural community, uh, wearing a lot of hats, that's that's something that uh, you need to continually ask yourself, you know are you focusing on the right things? Another bonus in a rural community, just a, a tremendous amount of community pride. and the community in and of itself, specifically with the school district, whether that be our academic programs, whether that be our you know music and theatrical programs and our athletic programs, just an immense amount of pride. And I would say use that to your advantage anytime you can and be promoting that and be talking about that. And be really billing that as you know a great thing that the school district is doing in terms of uh, moving forward and having opportunities for students.
1: That's great. You know, I found myself, Randy, when we had the Strengthening Rural America's conference. You know, just thinking about the learnings there and almost the true relationships that we build, the connections, our ability to balance multiple things at you know, at the same time, all the the pieces and parts that you're talking about, it's the small communities really teach us how to do that well. That's what we can learn from rural community leaders is you don't have a choice. You have to do all those things because you can't exist probably unless you do all those things. And that's the value, I think, that you and others who are doing great leadership work in rural communities bring. I so appreciate the time today and uh, just enjoyed being able to have this connection with you.
0: Thank you. I've appreciated it as well, Janet. Like I said, a bright spot in my day. And and any chance I get to talk about the Rice Lake Area School District, I will do that any time or day of the week. It's a pleasure.
1: That's great. So I'll have to make my way up there sometime because I, Gail, Gail, we have these Monday meetings, Randy, and we kind of do wins, right? And she puts all these Rice Lake pictures up there. So I've got them in my head and they're very, very (laughs) intriguing. So she's, she's built a lot of energy in our team for, for your community as well. That's because of what you do and what she feels when she brings that back to us here at the team. So again, thank you and appreciate your time today. Thanks, Janet. As we talked about, Randy has such an important role as a school superintendent, but in his community. And, you know, as we mentioned in the session today, Dr. Juno Butler tells a number of stories about working at Rice Lake, and it gives us all a good picture of what it must be like to live in that community and the impact that Randy makes. Says she's told stories, she'll say, I remember one day I was following Randy around and We were walking through the community, and we just ran into a board member, and then we met up with a woman who provided horse food for his mother's horses. Then there was a person who questioned him about bundles of firewood, and oh gosh, she would say there's the local maple syrup stand. You know, as we listen to Randy, we can see and hear that he is an excellent leader, for the people he serves each and every day. He's willing to make those difficult decisions, and he's also very willing and continues to provide the support to the people within the organization to help them be the best that they can be to provide the best to children and families. But you know what? What's really outstanding about Randy is he has great respect in his community and the community that he cherishes with his heart, mind, and soul. Again, thank you, Randy, for being with us today. We can learn a lot from you. So as we think about listening to additional superintendents and our interviews, we always connect with them at most all of our events. So if you want to connect to us and listen to our roundtable presentations and connection with your colleagues, visit us at studereducation.com slash events. There's always opportunity to build a network and to build and engage in conversations with people who are doing great work across the country. Thank you for tuning in to accelerate your performance. Please share the podcast and find us on Instagram. You may want to rate us on iTunes if you'd like. And if you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Continue to have a great week.